Welcome to the International Classroom, a podcast for educators living and working in the United Arab Emirates. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the benefits and challenges of teaching in the UAE. Dubai is a rapidly growing and dynamic city with a diverse student population and a range of professional development opportunities for teachers. However, living and working in Dubai also comes with its own set of challenges, including cultural differences, language barriers, and the heat and humidity. In this episode, we'll explore both the benefits and challenges of teaching in Dubai and share our own experiences and insights from working in this vibrant and globalized city. So, if you're a teacher in Dubai, or if you're considering teaching in this exciting city, this episode is for you. Tune in as we delve into the unique opportunities and challenges of teaching in Dubai and offer practical tips for success in the classroom and beyond. Let's get started. So, new year, new gear. <laughs> That's kind of the way I've been seeing it at the moment in terms of a new year, new gear, because we're still, what, it's the 8th. So we've just kind of gone over the first week. 8th of January, 2023. And here we are, here first, we are. first episode of Love the it. International Classroom. Loads so, of new gear, <laughs> loads of new equipment. Um, so welcome, welcome to you who are uh, hopefully joining on this one for the very first episode. Um, my name is Alex Gray. Um, I think from a sense of this, some people, some of you, if you're watching this, may already know me from my YouTube channel, Deep Teaching. Um, I am a head of science at a British international school here in Dubai, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Drew Owen. Hello, yes, I uh, am also a teacher at an international British school in Dubai. Uh, I'm head of humanities. Um, we actually work at different schools, though. So um, I used to work with Alex. We did. We used to work together, didn't we? We worked in the same school. It's fantastic. Um, just seeing his beautiful long locks every day. It was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Now we don't work in the same school. And we just catch up to talk about things that are going on in our respective schools. And Yeah. Well, this week's been an interesting week. First week back, like... What's been, the, I know what's been the biggest buzz for me in teaching this first week back, but what about yourself? What have you found has been like the go-to thing educators are talking about at the moment this week? It's got to be AI. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, everyone this week is talking about, I mean, even, even the uh, teachers that we're in a shared WhatsApp group with and yeah. outside of that, we're uh, all buzzing about AI. Yeah, we found uh, <laughs> everyone's sending through, aren't they, the sort of those screen recordings of what would happen if I asked it to do this? Um, it's it's buzzing Twitter. Yeah. And I put seen some stuff on there, LinkedIn. Um, I mean, you've seen some stuff that's, uh, you know, how could I hack the Pentagon? It's <laughs> 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 uh, giving advice on all sorts. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, it's kind of the best time of year now, isn't it? This, this January time that we're in, it's, it's recruitment season. You're busy with recruitment as well, aren't you? Very much so. We've been interviewing all week last week. Um, we sent... We, we did a big recruitment drive just before the winter break to try and make sure that we got the right candidates before everybody gets snapped up. Yeah. Um, and we've spent this week, next week, and the week after we will be, be interviewing because our school is growing. My school is uh, growing massively, so we're recruiting for every position. Yeah. Um, so so are- what are you finding in terms of, like, from other people's perspectives, what are you thinking, like, why do people want to move to Dubai? It's a lot about the city. Um, it's, it's, very, it's a very, for lack of a better term, famous city. You know, where are you going on holiday? I'm going to Dubai. It seems very, it's like one of the now, here and now places. I think it's kind of overtaking 
New York and Paris as the go-to um, buzz cities and he's very much becoming that like oh where where do you live I live in Dubai yeah. oh that's it I remember because we've been out in Dubai about the same amount of time I mean, yeah, eight years eight years, eight years eight teaching years. It. and for me that I worked this out today when I was thinking about it that's almost half of my teaching career I, I think I yeah 2006 I started teaching it's 80% of my teaching <laughs> career <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're kind of well placed then to discuss this because most people, there's two reasons why people move when we were there. It was money and it was the weather. I've heard it expressed as three different reasons. Uh, The three Ds, drink, debt and divorce. (laughs) (laughs) There is actually, yeah, and that's one of the things. We're going to keep this part in, by the way, because people don't think about that. They always see the optimistic sides, don't they, in terms of, you know, these things are money, the weather, this and that, but there are challenges, aren't there? There are are massive challenges to moving, to moving and working abroad. What have you found as being one of the challenges or some of the challenges? Oh, the biggest challenge and it's, is one that I think everyone goes through is missing family and friends. And you kind of find yourself going through cycles of when I first moved here, it was so exciting. You know, I was only 22 years old, 23 years old, super excited for the first six months, nine months, doing brunches, going to uh, parties, beach parties, being in the sun all the time. The teaching was kind of like the back seat. And the school I worked at at the time were very much, a, you know, spend a bit of time getting used to living in Dubai before we start hammering you with work. Yeah. And that was great. It was such a nice vibe to settle into. And you get so excited that I actually really forgot I had a family because everyone I worked with became that kind of surrogate family straight away. So rather than missing my family back home, I just replaced them. Then as you know, it settles in and you think, oh, I'm going to start going home for Christmas or going home for, because I didn't go home for Christmas that first year. Um, You think I'm going back for the summer. This is going to be amazing. I get to see everyone. Then you go back, you see everyone for a few weeks and come back to Dubai and then realize actually I've got to do all that again and I'm not going to see my family and friends. So I think it took about 12 months for me to really get that first homesick feeling and I remember it was the same time the Manchester bombing uh, the Manchester bombings happened was that the Ariana Grande the, the Ariana that, Grande yeah. concert yeah and it was really like quite hard hitting that um, we actually had family and friends who were at the concert and you think this this was I remember that as a as a the first moment if that was the f- maybe that was the third year that I'd actually felt really homesick I'd have to check the dates because that was that's one point that stuck in my mind. There was something big going on at home. And I'd not really thought about missing home until that point. Yeah. And it was a... Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one you mentioned, isn't it, at the start in terms of the job becomes secondary. Yeah. And I see that in a lot of the new teachers that come out, they do get so engrossed in the lifestyle and like you mentioned debt is the keeping up with the Jones is things are expensive like yeah. and we make it as a comparison to the UK but you need to be aware when you're preparing for this that things are expensive and there are people out here that have a lot and earn a lot of money and trying to keep up appearances you're going to lead yourself down a very dark path with that but we see it and we have to remind certain teachers it's like look jobs first yeah job is first and then you can enjoy these things afterwards yeah. like for me one of the biggest things that's changed now and I think that are drawing and luring more teachers over is four and a half day week you know Friday finishing at 12 o'clock 
and then you've got all Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. A big deal for if you want to like do a little bit of work, no pressure. Mm -hmm. Or you maybe you're younger, you got a young family, spend time with the kids because they're at school. Or you're even younger or don't have any of those things. And it's there's lots of places catering. Yeah, there are lots of places catering though to teachers now, aren't there as yeah, well? Yeah, very much. I mean. The Friday afternoon pool party at Zero Gravity uh, yeah. is uh, it's heavily discounted if you're a teacher. And if you go there, you know it's teacher or cabin crew, get a big discount. And it is filled with young single people enjoying the pool, yeah. enjoying the beach, having a bit of a, you know, party with friends. And it is filled with a certain type of without stereotyping too much, it's filled with a certain type of person. Yeah. And it is that, you know, 21 to 30s that have got maybe quite a bit of money. Do you like having a, you know, live in that? What's the, in terms of a change of culture, think of it that way then. In terms of if you're a British UK expat, if that's yeah. where a Western teacher, how is moving here, the change in culture, would you see that as something that's beneficial? Is it eye-opening? Is it completely different to what we're accustomed to back in the Europe? I don't think so. I don't think the culture is too dissimilar. Um, particularly when you take into account the very multicultural way certain areas of inner city Manchester or Birmingham or London is, it's not too dissimilar because you still have, you know, a large number of students that go and pray at break times or you have students who finish, might finish, you know, some schools in the UK do finish early on Fridays now so that yeah. um, pupils can go to mosque and go and pray. So in that sense, I don't think it's too dissimilar. You know, you can still do everything here that you could do back in the UK. Okay, you don't do everything as extreme maybe certain things are you i think you're just more because you are more conscious of where you are in the world you find yourself more controlled it's probably just different for me because this is the first dubai is the first what you class that city i've ever lived in i grew up in a tiny little village yeah um and then worked in and around birmingham but staying in the outskirts so for me, it's, it was eye-opening in that respect, very mm -hmm. different. Um, but I kind of came prepped because we had a friend who worked here and there are people now who are looking for, right, got my jobs, sort of for trying to research and gain information about it. Mm -hmm. I, I was able to, at that time, what was it? Skype, I think. Skype, Skype, Skype him. Old one. Yeah, yeah. So Skyped him, you know, and he was talking me through it about it and about the jobs and teaching. So had that, and I've had a few people actually in the last year, of course, LinkedIn and friends who moved out or connections on there said, oh, can we have a quick chat? You know, what's it like? What's the cost of things? Um, you know, and I think people are using that more to do their research. Yeah. Um, as well as what's available on the website, like you, you do get like the mums in Dubai or expat mums, or uh, you know those types of different things. Yeah, um, I've got on on that what you were saying about the cost there. I do have to say the only research I did into cost or anything was um, I just typed into Google. This is you know nine years ago now. Just typed into Google something like how much does a pint of milk cost in Dubai, and it came up with a website called what if I lived there.com. Okay. And this just had a, you just pick your place 
and it would tell you a list of how much certain things were. So like how much a slice of bread, uh, a loaf of bread would be, how much a pint of milk would be, how much a, and I was kind of converting it thinking, what's my weekly shop now? How much do, could I, on the salary I've been offered, would I be able to live comfortably? And I think if you're good with money, Dubai is a brilliant place that you can really excel, you could save, you could, if you're not so great and you do spend quite a lot, it's very, very easy to spend a lot. And like you said earlier, the the keeping up with the Joneses is, is <clears throat> they've just bought a new car. Yeah. Do we buy a new car or you find that, you know, people who have been settled here for a long time will be buying cars? Yeah. Should I be buying a car straight away or should I rent a car? Should I do? Yeah, you know, that's one of the, the biggest pitfalls we fell into. Like those first three or four months, it's like get here, two young kids, wife, and it's like, right, what do we need? And we were renting at the time. And everyone says, no, nah, it's dead money. You should be doing this, this and this. Yeah. You buy a car. And that's to be frank, the money to buy a car, if you're, if you're financing it, it's cheap. Money yeah, here really is cheap. cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. why people fall into that that sort of pit as it were um, and at the time when we were out here it was the schools I remember this vividly um, for working for a certain company and when they had their day financial advisors no. financial advisors were there to, you know meet and greet and what you, you don't know and at that time I think my dad had passed away a couple of months ago it was really eye-opening in terms of right having to organize stuff for kids and it was like right I need to get my will in place I need to have investments in place because what if everything goes tits up and you know and so I was like as soon as someone approached me I was like oh well yeah we're not paying into a pension like we were in the UK and it's like oh, I need to have some investments mm. and and then as you go through it it's not until you meet registered or you know proper yeah. proper let's say trained individuals like you could have and, and luckily now I think it's a lot more regulated than what it was but those are other traps that people fall into in terms of certain companies you know and then going in and investing money and it's like you're paying fees for this yeah. and uh, you hear so many stories of people that have gone arm oh, with such and such or this company have now gone bust or this individual absolute cowboy ripped off and gone off with all your life savings or yeah. it, that's the scary part and I think for people who are moving out here I think certain certain things to be aware of once you get here because it's a whole host of things you've got to do isn't it like first couple of weeks you go for your medical set up a bank account you can only do that, that once, you've got, your once you've got your Emirates ID which you need to do your medical for yeah and then after that it's like you want to drive okay you need your driving license yeah. and all these things take periods of time don't they I'm trying to think what else it's like I remember we had our first three or four months salary paid in cash we we didn't because we didn't have the bank account my very first yeah. straight away he used to go to the bursar and he would have a little envelope with your name on and he'd go all the way through his, uh, his little list yeah. of envelopes and he'd go there you go yeah. you just get a stack of a thousand dirham notes I remember even then when we did I think the first couple of months going to HSBC and just putting all this money in thinking geez someone's going to rob me yeah. and it's like sorry I can't accept many, many more thousand dirham notes because that's, <laughs> that's what it was and it's like carrying this around thinking ah oh, geez yeah. and now it's like I think I saw someone trying to put 80,000 dirham into a bank account in cash the other day it's, it's nothing is it yeah. it sounds I'm not trying to I mean, you know I mean that, that is still a lot of money <laughs> that's a hell of a lot of money isn't it but here it's like the rent for this house <laughs> But Dubai, we would look at it and go, geez, but then you go to Dubai. No one would batter an eyelid, really, would they? No one would no, come up to you no. and go and take all your money. I'm gonna, yeah, there's just no... That's one of the... 
Before we get onto that, though, you're saying there's, there's all these challenges. What kind of strategies would you have to overcome those challenges initially then? See, I reckon I'm the type of individual, you're going to just disagree with me now, because okay, I'm pretty organised, I write lists for things, and you're like, no, the amount of stuff I forgot today for this is terrible. Um, lists. I'd like, lists. Yeah. I'm a big one in terms of proper preparation and planning prevents poor performance. I think strategy-wise, if you're coming over here, you do your research, do your due diligence, mm. and just have those things written out in terms <clears> of, and then speak to as many people as possible. So get that network, like LinkedIn, like get yourself on LinkedIn. There are more and more people producing YouTube podcasts, things like this. So many more yeah. teachers out there with experience. And I think the Emirates ID one, if you're a teacher, is fine, but it's then going, right, what's the cost of that though for setting up my own family? Mm. Like if my wife's not working or if she's on a separate company, I've got to pay for the kids. Those are hidden costs. And I think it's trying to do as much research, probably speak to like either people at the school, try and get a buddy, reach out to people who are, again, on your professional learning network, um, get as much information as possible so you're trying to remove any of these hidden costs yeah. i think the thing for us is then even we came out with a stack of money knowing that we had to then buy furniture for kids like cots and all sorts mm. as well as then live off that for the month and it's so easy just to then go oh you know what everyone's going out for a Put brunch it or food. Card. it's like you're trying to just stick to mm. a budget and i think the other thing yeah. is actually is when you're in dubai my wife used to have this all the time the weather's always nice let's just go out it's like, why? You can stay yeah. in. If we live here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what would you do in the UK? It's we'll not just, going anywhere. Staying and watch Netflix, staying and chill, staying and just... And now we're fine with it because after a long enough period of time, you live here. Yeah. And that's the key thing. It's I think you can just do nothing. I think a lot of people, and we've got friends who came and did two years and went, and I think people go, you're either here for two or you're here for 10. And if you can get past two years... You're here and, for the long run. <laughs> but it's just that's, it's just being a little bit resilient it's just going and being disciplined and that's the thing isn't it yeah. it's easy just to splurge on money it's easy just to I'll oh, get this top it's easy and the discipline part for people and it sounds strange saying it in terms of and it doesn't matter you could go any walk of life but mm. I think to be to make the most of this place like there's so many opportunities like you've got to you've actually got to go and try them but also be disciplined enough to go no this is my job first yeah. but also it's like I've got a budget you know, I've got to go out and make friends, join clubs. There's so many sports. I mean, we're off doing rugby. Yeah. You could be off doing football. The American Irish, football you could take up. What have we got now? Or the Gaelic football, Gaelic the Irish. Football. Um, I've seen people doing Aussie rules stuff here. Probably David, autumn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, David does Aussie rules. This. So, <clears throat> you know, in terms of that, the settling in part that makes it easier is get yourself involved in things. I think that's it. And I think as to kind of lead on what you were saying about the weather there, um, it's really easy to go out and do stuff, especially if you're living in an apartment. Yeah. And most people, when they move out here, don't go straight into a house. If you're a teacher moving to Dubai, the housing allowance or the accommodation that most schools provide is apartment living. <clears throat> that being said, you do tend to find yourself, I wouldn't say trapped in apartments. Over COVID, definitely living in an apartment. You were in a house at the time. Yeah, really? we were lucky in that yeah. respect. But first four years we were out here, we were in an apartment. Yeah. That for me was probably the biggest difference. Yeah. I wasn't used to living in an apartment. Same. And I was quite fortunate that most of the teachers I worked with lived in the same building because it was staff accommodation. Now, that was great for learning the ropes and the social side of it. It was terrible for how much I ended up spending. Yeah. Because it's always someone's birthday. It's always a night out. There's always another brunch. 
there's always something to do. There's always people who want to go out. And if you're wanting to stay in and you find yourself, you know, you're trying to make friends, you're really trying to put yourself out there because you don't want to be isolated, then it becomes very difficult to say no. Yeah. And it does. And that's just something to be aware of, that people won't be upset if you do say no. They're not going to remember that you weren't there, if that makes sense. Yeah. I always think that about That's because generally you've drank too much. You've drank too much. Yeah. People. They're definitely going to remember if you were there. Yeah. Everyone's got <laughs> doing a st- something story, story to come back with the following yeah. week. And he can't escape that. That's one of the things when you say they're like family. Like there's, there's swings, there's, you know, pros and cons to it, isn't there? It's mm. like you do two years or three in the block and it's great share lifts. Yeah. You know, it's easy. You can collaborate in terms of planning. So you can, you've got a, a It's support. like living at uni again. Yeah. That's see. what it was, was like, like uni halls. halls of residence again. Yeah. And it became, you know, but... The difference is you've actually got money, disposable income. Yeah. You've got a pool. Gym. Gym. So it's, you can kind of, yeah, you know, it is good in that sense, but you can get carried away with it. It's challenging though if you're, let's say, middle-aged, middle but 30-ish, you've got a young family, well, one kid, mm. two, and it's you've got a party. and you've got So you do get a variety of individuals that are in these places, don't you? All living in the same building block. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest differences. There are other things in terms of... They say the driving on the road, the way people drive here. Yeah. Like, I just saw a delivery driver get knocked off his bike on the way, um, on the way back from, was he from right? where I was before. He seemed fine, he seemed fine, but it was his fault. They are he just, uh, he was in a wrong lane at the roundabout and just went into the side of a car. You think, well, you know, the guy in the car obviously visibly upset. Yeah, yeah. Because my car's just been dinged, but also the guy on the bike, I mean... You, it's, you don't, it's just don't the, drive around and wanting to hit people, do you? No. And but the standard of driving here is... Diff, not great. Yeah, it's very it's different um, in terms of that. Uh, I'd say that's, that's my biggest bugbear in Dubai. I think that is that is the top of my list of things that really miff me. Does it, I wouldn't say it, it really upsets me, but you just always have to be aware on the roads. I think yeah. that's the key. Yeah. I think the biggest one... I think Kerry said this over Christmas and be very honest with the people who are watching. Kerry's your wife. So yeah, yeah, Kerry's my wife. But it is actually people's manners. Yeah. And if you are a UK expat listening to this, I actually, Brits, I believe, are some of the worst. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please come out here and say please. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, just in terms of how they treat people. Uh, yeah, and it I was, agree with that. It was, and it's being very honest about it. You are going to get people out here who are earning a lot of money, mm. potentially more money than they would have earned in their, you know, their host home country job. And actually, it changes their behaviour. It changes how they treat people. Agreed. Um, you will see it, and I'll be very frank. You will see it in schools, not too much. But there are times when parents... Parents, more than the teaching staff. More than the teaching staff. So parents will speak to you and potentially address you mm. in a way like you would in any independent school of, well, we pay the fees until we pay your wages and the demand and expectation therefore on you, whether it's emails at certain times or meetings at certain times. You know, and you will get CEOs and principals and leaders of company, and that's what they are, companies, mm-hmm who yeah. kind of, I remember when I first got here, referred to students as clients. Yeah. The clients. And that's one thing, I was speaking with a friend who was started at, uh, we can say, started at Gems. Yeah. 
See, and they have this big... Gems massive organization. The, the biggest organization, a lot of people who move out here teaching-wise will start at Gems Company. And they have this really huge kind of, uh, the best, I can't think what the actual term for it is, but induction day. And it's more the, of an induction week. Well, this, this is the day itself, the one that's at the Atlantis. And they get all the new staff members. Oh, the the... It's like a conference for new staff. Would conference you say? for new staff, but he was like, and he was the same as me to start with. He goes, "I'm just not corporate." And mm. a lot of teachers that come out here, one of the biggest differences is, unless you've really worked at a chain of independent schools, or I can't even say an academy's like this. Not really. No, academies are always still with the root of the child. Yeah, they're very corporate. Mm. Bums on seats. You know, numbers yeah. of students in schools, and sometimes pass the, rates. Yeah to the detriment maybe of health and safety or space. Like for me as a scientist, it's like someone's going to say, you need to have 28, 28 kids in your classroom. And it's like, okay, there's space for them. Do I have enough equipment to do it? Mm. And for me as one teacher, can I safely deliver that lesson? Mm. Those are some of the biggest differences. Even, I don't know, even state schools, UK, I, okay, you get some of that, but... 32, 33 students in a class though. Yeah. But bigger classrooms maybe potentially um, and it's not always but that's just one thing in terms of differences to be prepared for it's not always the gleaning you walk in through the reception and it's perception it's how it looks yeah. underneath the surface every school is the same every school is going to have issues no school is perfect and it's just knowing that there are these differences even though it's slightly subtle that you kind of come out here thinking ah oh, this school's outstanding and this is what I got, internationally outstanding school. And I was coming from a top 30 grammar school in the UK, mm. you know, and this was 2015, where 82%, 84% cohort A star to B. Yeah. And okay, it's grammar, it's selective, I get it. But we were outstanding. That's my perception of outstanding. And so you come over and it's like, uh, this, this, this isn't what I would say. And that's one of the biggest differences. I know the KHGA kind of, and DSIB look to follow, and people say they follow Ofsted to so, some extent. So, KHDA being the governing uh, board, essentially yeah. our Ofsted. Dubai Schools Inspection Bureau, DSIB. Yeah. Um, I did a video on that recently, just in case. Ah. Go and check that out. Um, like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, but that, for me, is some of the differences. And then the working hours come into it. Mm. Like, you, you touched on it before about emails at all hours or parents wanting to get information from you um, at times that might not be the most appropriate. You might be uh, delivering a lesson, for example, and parents have, I've had it before. It, it doesn't happen too often now, but I have had it before where the, the parents have been walking down the corridor. Yeah. I'm delivering a lesson and a parent knocks on the door. Can we have a chat? Uh, yeah no I'm, I mean, I'm drawing a volcano on the board like it's yeah. not appropriate yeah. that happens way more often that would never happen in my school in the UK I don't think it would happen now years gone by I've had that parent waiting outside the classroom yeah. because they used to just allow <clears throat> parents to walk through now it wouldn't happen I look I think a lot of the schools ours <laughs> whereas in terms of they're just starting now to put these like the lanyard the, the magnetic locks yeah, on doors so that parents can't just it's becoming security, better yeah, security yeah. is becoming better um, I remember that to start with there was like the co there was a cafe in the school so we you, still have a cafe in the school lots yeah. of schools do and that's a big there's a big change so. but parents would sit around and actually in some ways good community good for the community good for the community good, like, 
but you were seeing it, therefore it's easier. And in some ways, then it's benefit. You need helps, to get... Yeah, it does. I feel for us, it really helps build yeah. that ethos of community in a very small school. Because if I you also in. need to get hold of a parent, it's like, hey, let's come in and have a chat. Parents are really good at doing that. Um, and those are a couple of things I think that kind of come with in terms of comparing it to it anyway. Um, but we're now, we're kind of looking out the window now, January-wise. You mentioned the weather. We mentioned in recruitment season. It is January. It's cold. Oh my God. I was at a rugby yesterday in Alain. Now, I luckily avoided all the weather, all the rain. So yesterday, <clears throat> which was about the 8th, I think it was. was it? No, what's the date today? Yeah, the 7th. 7th. The rain, the thunderstorms were horrendous. I drive an open-top Jeep. Enough I will said. leave it there. Enough said. I did wonder I was, why, your, uh, why your car wasn't around today. Yeah, it's not in the drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once yeah. we get past that point, I mean, I, that's the first time I've been cold. I had a hoodie on, okay, shorts, mm-hmm. but it was cold. I've had to order a load of tracksuits to walk the dog in the morning. This is Dubai problems. That, five, that's now yeah. just giving in to Dubai problems, basically. Yeah. Five o'clock, 5 a.m., up to walk the dog because we do start school here very, very early. Um, I think we have to be on site at 7.15. Yeah, same. So, and I actually work, my school is around forty minute, a 40 minute drive from where, where we live, where I live currently. Yeah. And so this, you know, this means I'm, I'm leaving home 630. at 6.30, probably and usually a bit earlier. So dark walking the, the dog, it's dark. Going out in the mornings, it used to just be, you know, the, it helps taking him out that early you, yeah. in the summer because then yeah. it's too hot. But now it is pair of trackies, hoodie, hood up. That's the thing that I remember the weather. What was the, probably the first thing I remember when I landed August 20th, 2015, walked straight out of the airport. And I'd never been to Dubai before. And some people might go, oh, you moved, yeah, moved yeah. to a country you've never been to. It's like, yeah. I was in the same boat, yeah. <laughs> and literally doors open and you are hit. It's like being hit in the face with a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, hot. It's like it's, walking through a veil. Yeah. I always thought, you know, like if you ever go to the freezer room in Costco, I don't know if you had one of those in Birmingham. And they had the things hanging yeah, down. You walk a, in and it just hit you yeah. as, a, as a cold. But it was like the complete opposite of that. You walk as soon as those doors open at the airport yeah. and you step out to where the taxi rank is at DXB and it is just... Yeah. Like, oh, can't breathe. <gasps> and you're instantly <gasps> wet. Yeah. That's the thing. People think that's so hot and it's desert. It's going to be such dry heat and it's the complete no. opposite. Like... Yeah, it's got to be to do with the cars and the... Yeah, something. Things. It's like, that's one of the biggest things to overcome. And I like a suit. I, I like you a suit. You do like I a do suit. I do like a suit. So for me, I was like, I don't know if I can, I can't manage, I can't manage a jacket. But then at the other time, I was like, I've got to have, have a jacket on to hide my sweatpants. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so bad. And then guys are like, no, you just wear a t-shirt underneath your shirt. I'm like, no, that looks that's weird. even warmer. <laughs> yeah, I'm even hotter and it doesn't, it just doesn't people do it and it's overcoming that not just in a professional capacity because you want to look professional shirt tie mm-hmm. I'd have a jacket on I take if I'm doing a practical I take it off or moving around but meeting parents it's like I'm a professional even though my demeanor at the moment probably doesn't like go for that someone said this to me just tangent off Kerry said this to me she's like do you think in terms of if you wanted to get a promotion in a school and be SLT assistant whatever it is it's like do you reckon you you know do you think you look the part so do you think the reason why do you think you're not because you don't look it. Well, that is, that's a, um, a question for the, for the age, isn't it? Yeah. You always, I've always been told you dress for the job you want, yeah. not the job you've got. So if you were to dress in a suit, three piece suit, but I mean, 
If I was a head teacher, I would not wear a three-piece suit. No, I'd wear a suit, but she's like, your hair, cut your hair. He's cutting. Doesn't look professional, doesn't look smart. I don't know. Whereas here, I don't know, the beard is a big thing here. I remember going to the barbers when I take it off and they were like, so why? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so the beard is a big thing in the culture. I remember the starting hair. in yeah. Dubai and I was clean shaven. I think when I started with you, yeah, you I were. was clean shaven. That's because you couldn't grow a beard. And though. I couldn't, I couldn't, it's true though, I physically <laughs> could not grow a beard. I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to be able to grow a beard yet. And that was, that was my second school in Dubai and it still couldn't happen. And eventually I went and, um, <laughs> funny story, I, uh, went, I used to go to the barbers across the road from where I lived. Yeah. And one time I said to the guy, look, what can I do to grow this beard? And he said, you have a beard. It's just very white, very fair. And he dyed it for me. And since that point, it's just been darker and... Happy days. So maybe it's the same beard. <laughs> maybe it is. The mind the other day when I went to get shaved from New Year's Eve said, so we take off the white stripes here. Yeah. It's like, oh, thanks. Just <laughs> Santa Claus coming I mean, I don't, just FYI, I don't dye my beard now. No, it's no, no. just naturally. I don't dye mine. It's just got two-tone. Two-tone to it. It's terrible. And my it's hair. It's a bit of flavour. Salt and pepper. That's it. That's yeah. it. Going Seasoning. for the, the mature dad look. That's it's obviously good. what it is for it. But, but when um, you say that, yes, I do think out here as well, if especially if you're in a corporate school, so yeah. GEMS, Talim, those organisations, it does seem to be very, to reach a certain level, you do have to look Your face the fits. part. You need to have the, the approachability with parents, with yeah. clients, essentially. You need to have that um, demeanour around you that is a little more professional, something that we can prevent, uh, present to shareholders yeah. as much as to parents and someone that, that does fit to get in those in those schools but then you have much more of the independent schools yeah that are so I work for an independent school and it's it's much more relaxed than it ever was when I worked in corporate teaching yeah. for example in terms of the dress code we have dress down Fridays every Friday is a t-shirt and jeans I mean not a t-shirt for me but no. unfortunately that's another thing isn't it whereas again when we first moved out I, had all my, I don't think I've had any other tattoos but they were taboo it was yeah. like I remember being told for a sports day like I know you cover it up wear something just cover it up I wear uh, skins yeah, yeah. whereas now now it's like no sports days at school I wear my shorts I think it depends on the extent of them doesn't it like you are heavily tattooed yeah I am my legs are covered my arms, arms everything, are covered but um, it's not as frowned upon as it once was. No, and very much earrings for yeah. for guys used to be quite taboo, and I've always had my ears pierced since I was about ten. Mm. So I think moving out here as a that was one of the one of my biggest fears. I think before moving here, for anyone prospectively moving out here, was this was nearly ten years ago. Tattoos were, as you said, taboo. Mm. Now, don't worry about it. No. We have PE teachers who wear shorts all the time, you know, tattoos out. One, one's got a sleeve, I'm sure. And he's, no yeah. one really questions it anymore. No. So the things, and the things are changing, with it, aren't they, in mm. terms of what is that acceptable demeanour and yeah. what isn't so but it doesn't help let's say with the weather yeah when we're talking so about warm. it and being warm when you get into that point you've got those out and 
like it, you can make you very much aware of it, can't it? And it's that people go, we used to stay for summer and I don't mind it. Like we, we travel some, stay some because of Kerry's job. My, well, my wife's not a teacher. For those of you who follow, she's an interior designer. So her holidays are very different to ours. But um, we would stay, could put the girls in camp. So for family, there are summer camps that happen here. Mm. And everyone goes, oh my God, how can you stay? How can you cope in that heat? And it's 45 degrees. Yeah, I don't mind it. And I don't mind it because- You just stay in, in the house. You, exactly. <laughs> it's only hot when you go from the car yeah. through the garage or the car park in the mall. Everywhere else, air conditioned. You know. Two yeah. minutes max. I mean, for those, like we said, apartment living- the yeah. apartment car parks are a little warmer than mm. if you do have a driveway and you can Longer just step out. Yeah. That, that, that walk used to be... Yeah, and that was the other thing, even the years gone by, these GCC cars, when the remotes will trigger the car to start <clears> and the AC yeah. comes on before you're even there. So there's loads of ways to, to adjust in terms of, you just got to get used to it. Like there's no other way really. It's, it's, you know it's going to be hot, Humidity, just get appropriate clothes, have spare clothes, perfumes, deodorants, whatever it may be. Try not to wear one of the big things. I was a big advocate of skinny jeans <laughs> that um, they quickly yeah. <laughs> left. <laughs> I, it took me, I think, for the first even two years of being here, maybe even the third, even when we went out anywhere, never wore trousers. So it's always still hot, yeah, just yeah. shorts. And like, you do accustom- you do acclimatise, you do become more accustomed like to now, it. Now we play touch rugby Sunday morning, every Sunday morning mm. in the summer, like today. Um and thirty-three degrees, hundred percent humidity is what it reads off at sometimes. Is that what it in the summer? In the summer, yeah. yeah still play. And what was it today? Was it chilly nah, today? Today was cold. Yeah. Today was cold, it was like eighteen degrees overcast. Well, we say we, but what 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 you've got to understand for those if anyone is listening in the UK. Yeah, 18, 18 degrees. degrees back in the UK is where you would see people walking down the street with no top on. Yeah, yeah. Um beer gardens would be full. <clears throat> it would be here. that kind of here, 18 Sh- degrees. Shivering. You see people hoodies, tracksuits, the kids are all wearing jumpers yeah. in the classroom. So, why is the AC on? It's not, it's just cold. Carrie's like Carrie Carrie from a northern she acclimatised a lot quicker. She was just jeans, jumper all the time. Nah, it's crazy. Yeah, as, as a northerner, no. No, nah, I'd be like, <laughs> this nah. Is, That's yes. one thing I do love about him in terms of adjusting to it is actually just shorts and t-shirts all year round. Everyone. Like, <clears throat> Christmas Eve. We're both in shorts and oh, t-shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now. Christmas Eve, we were outside in the fire pit having schmores. Oh, that I mean, again, nice. it was amazing. And again, it's country, but it's those types of things that the weather allows you to do. Yeah. New um, Year's Eve in the desert, watching the fireworks. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, and that's just some of the differences we get in terms of the culture of the city and what it affords you to do. I think there's going to be people out there watching who are going to be either want to apply or have got their jobs potentially already in terms of the classroom. Like we talked about some of the differences, classroom, I mean, big thing, tech, most definitely. You need to be on your ed tech. And you you are way more I love it. You're leading the way in that I'd say I'd say even for a large number of people, you you've run C P D sessions for other schools and things like that. And we were at the Jess conference and you know, I think something we were talking about recently was I think it was today on this. We were talking about AI, was it? Yeah, chat GPT at the start. So you know, that is becoming 
massive, especially using gadgets and yeah. using things in the classroom. And it's also the fact that kids have them. Mm. Device, especially secondary school. And they yeah. start, my, both my daughters, so they're year three, year four iPads. Mm-hmm. And they use them, and they really do use them as a tool for learning. And they're really good with them. They come to secondary. There's so much you can do. So in terms of the development of your teaching, like mine, and this worries me like, about if I ever wanted to go back to the UK and teach. Would everyone have a device? Because you get That's so question, yeah. so accustomed to it. Like, and it allows you to do so much, like cover work. And I'm not, I'll talk about this in another video at some point in the future, but yeah. Loom, I love Loom. Loom is like a screen record, but yeah. your camera kicks in. You can record your... And you're in the bottom yeah, corner, yeah. Use it loads of times. If I can't do meetings at school with the department, I'll do that. I think I learned that from you yeah. in a CPD. Probably, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, um, maybe. But for cover work, can't, yeah. sorry guys, can't come in today. I'm just going to do a quick four or five minute video. Works on Teams, works on OneNote. That's it, yeah. Teams. I think Teams is unbelievable as a learning platform. Yeah purely for the dissemination of information, but also a storage system for revision. We use, even if I don't use it for worksheets or anything that we're doing in class, because we are, are, my school is trying to move away from students being on devices as much in classrooms following the pandemic. But we, I would keep all of my, you know, for students absent, Okay, well, the work is on Teams for yeah. you to catch up. That's you complete it, it and then I'll mark it for you. It annoys me the that. most. It's like, sir, I, mean, I wasn't <clears> here <throat> for the lesson. <laughs> yeah, you, you know all the works on OneNote, don't you, or Teams? And yeah. like, yeah. It's like, you didn't do it. Uh, and that's the thing. How long have you been away for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long have you taught you? Oh, yeah, sir. You, you know, oh, yeah. That's, oh, the, but that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing with it, isn't it? In terms of you can do it from anywhere, anytime. And that's Dubai in a nutshell through why COVID was so good in terms because of... Because people are everywhere all the time anyway. You have so many people now in the country who are remote working, mm. remote learning. Uh, and they're actually, the, some of the schools here are now going, right, we're just going to do remote learning. We're going to yeah. offer those to people who are traveling around. And that's one of the biggest differences for me, like the tech teaching of side of how I can use it, what I can do with it, and the fact my students have access to it. Mm. Um, the nationalities in school, we said you got 100. I, I think, yeah, I think if we include the primary school for ours, I think the official number is 100. Mm. We say we have 100 nationalities. I think we're just over sort of 30 to 40. Yeah. But that's it. We're saying inner city school teaching, you have a mix of, don't you? I mean, back in the UK, I worked in an inner city school and we had a big mix of nationalities. Yeah. Very, very big. And that's the thing. You get it here because I think one of the misconceptions is you're coming out and it's like every parent or every child has money. That isn't the case. No, that is not true. Um, And there is... Some some, have an awful lot and some really don't. No, they don't. Um, and there is a large diversity. There is a big cultural difference, you know, in terms of ability, mm-hmm. in terms of finance. Uh, and that's one of the things of being in a globalized city and a globalized classroom. And that's what yeah. it's about our international classroom. Some of the things you're going to experience of that is EAL. You know, there is EAL, English is additional, you know, for those who maybe not. But, you know, even SEND, again, misconception. That People are moving out and going, oh, no, somehow, somehow, wealth. Prosperity means that everyone means speaks that English are, and, and no, no one's got any difficulties. learning difficulties. Really, everyone can read and write. 
No, no they can't. No. I think so, one of the big things, though, just going back onto EdTech that you were talking about, is um, we've seen with the conflict going on currently, we've seen a massive influx of um, Russian native speakers. And one of the biggest things I've been using that I've been really, really um, advocating, I think, is the subtitles on PowerPoint. Yeah. They are unreal. You just you just talk and you teach your lesson normally and subtitles come up at the bottom of your PowerPoints. What more do you want? Someone did, for anyone yeah, here? actually we had that. Someone showed us that again in school last week. It was by accident as well because the, the, the PowerPoint on someone was talking and it's like... And it just comes up. up at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Even So we've been using it, I've been using it heavily for Russian. We've just had a Japanese student join. Yeah. And apparently, so the Russian, the translation is not great because of the way that our grammar is. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't translate brilliantly, but it's something, it helps. Yeah. It does support some students. That's it. Japanese apparently works really, really Amazing. well. A lot of ours are using, so from notes and information, and that's one of the things good about digital, copy it into Google mm-hmm. Translate. Google Translate, you can do handwritten stuff and it copies it, it's brilliant. Ah, On so Google, is it Google Lens? I've not tried phone. that. It's really good, yeah. Oh yeah. No, these are the ones online doing it. So mm. it's just those little things, but things to be aware of. Like it's not a walk yeah. in the park. A lot of people over the last year have been posting that about teaching in Dubai. It's like it is not, not just what it all, used to be. But and even not easy. No, that's it. The yeah. misconception if you're coming out here it's like there are perks mm-hmm. as a hub, a travel hub in terms of meeting Unbelievable. Uh, professional development as a, as a, I would say it's a big, small city. Yeah. It sounds like... We could not- probably do a full session on what CPD is like in But Dubai. that network, and when we talked about earlier about generating, getting involved in a learning network or a professional learning network mm. or just someone to touch base with, there's so many opportunities for development. And it's even probably expected, isn't it, to some extent? And Yeah. I think our head has a big philosophy that CPD, particularly for teach at the teacher level, if you want to be better, it is kind of the onus is on you to go out and find it. But it is so easy because it is so easy to find in Dubai. Yeah. There's always a conference. There's always um, teach meets or yeah. the, um, you know what I'm talking and about. And the Collab UAE Collab, yeah. Collab yeah. UAE. There's always opportunities for growth. We have things like the MPQ. Infinite, infinite, infinite Learning. Infinite Learning do it, yeah. Um, and then again, just go on to LinkedIn. Yeah. I love it. And you know, <clears> you'll find someone going to Twitter. Like even that Twitter here is still a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it doesn't have all the things, let's say from the UK perspective, like in terms of the research ed meets and things like that that they do. But it's really good. Professional development. You will come Great. and you will you will learn a lot and be exposed to a lot and really develop as a teacher. Um, so, yeah. Wow. I think we've pretty much covered a lot of the things we wanted to, haven't we, in terms of that. We've oh, covered yeah. a lot. It's a whistle-stop tour. Yeah. So. Um, but hopefully, if you're watching this, obviously it's our first one. We're not without teething problems. Rustic. Is the word I would use. Okay, you go for rustic. Like, a, go like for, a bread. It can only get better. <laughs> I think I think we've done all right as a starting point. Yeah, I think I so. Think, I think oh. we've done all right. So if you have managed to last to the end, first of all, well done. <laughs> uh, maybe with a stiff drink. I don't know. Forty minute drive. There you go. Forty minute drive. Forty minute drive to school. You could be you could be done with this. But thank you ever so much for joining us for this first episode of the International Classroom. We hope you found it useful and informative for someone who is either here, brand new in, 
or again, looking to come and, and work and teach in Dubai, in the UAE. And we've covered probably some of the benefits and I think also the challenges think so, yeah. of being here. We've got, let's say, benefits in terms of the weather, probably the packages, the experience, culture, PD as a travel hub. There's lots of good things, isn't there? Loads. And we could, we again, we could go, we could walk, talk about this at length just the benefits we could do a full episode on the oh, benefits yeah. we could do a full episode on the issues that wouldn't be a very nice one to listen to no, no I don't I think we'd probably get taken off actually but it's you've got to have you know, unbiased, unbiased unbiased that's what we want to be I was listening to a podcast that had Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, Stephen Bartlett's Diary of CEO love that podcast but he had Neil deGrasse Tyson and he was like, as a scientist in general, it's not just a case of being you know, unbiased and coming at it from one angle, I've got to cover it from every angle. Yeah. And it's important for teachers to know and families to know, like it isn't just sunshine and rainbows here. It's not just the candy land and fairy dust of things. No. It's, it's, there's challenges. It's about as close as I've ever been to sunshine and yeah, rainbows. Though. When it rains, like yesterday, there's definitely <laughs> rainbows. Um, but I think it just goes to show there is a lot to consider if you're yeah. thinking of moving to teach in Dubai. But I think what we've learned from this is that with the right preparation and with the right mindset, the rewards of living and working in this mm. city can be truly enriching. So absolutely, thank you ever so much. We hope you will join us again for the next episode and for future episodes of the International Classroom where hopefully we're going to get to share a little bit more insights and some of our own experiences and maybe some other educators' experiences of what it's like living and working in the UAE. So until next time, Take care and happy teaching. Thank you very much. Always want to get the last word in, don't you? I try. <laughs>